progress came and took its toll and in the name of flood control they made their plans and they drained the land now the glades are going dry and the last time i walked in the swamp i sat up on a cypress stump i listened close and i heard the ghost of osceola cry The opinions expressed on Tomahawk Talk do not reflect that of WVFS Tallahassee. From the highest point on Florida State's campus and the hottest room in Seminole Sports, this is Tomahawk Talk, and I'm your host, Luke Fay. Florida State basketball picked up a top 10 win against the number 7 Louisville Cardinals 78-65 on the road this past Saturday. We'll run through the start of the NFL playoffs, our biggest surprises from playoff weekend, and finally, a recap of Florida State football's disappointing loss against Arizona State in the Sun Bowl. You can always call into the show at 850-644-1837. It's my final show as the host of Tomahawk Talk, so let's lock in. Tomahawk Talk starts right now, and Gary... I am excited to have you on as my co-host for the final time. How are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. First day back on campus from South Florida, coming back from winter break. Excited to be here for your last show. I mean, what? which last show is this? One, two, three, four, five, six? Is it, yeah, you know, it's like the LeBron James, not one, not two, <laughs> not three. Yeah, It I, just I, keeps going. It, it just keeps going, and maybe maybe I'll sneak in the back door and uh, try to get one more one more drop in, in the good old hat. But, uh Gary, we're going to do a little thing here. What is your New Year's, New Decade resolution for the 2020s? Man, I didn't even think of one to give out for this year because I never keep the, I never keep up on but them. But this decade. This, this decade? decade oh, this decade. It wouldn't be for me. It would be for someone else, and that would be for the Miami Marlins to win a World Series. But I don't know if that's going to happen, so let's see if we both keep up on that. <laughs> okay, well, I know that you can have no part in that, Gary, so... Uh, hey, who, I might, might. I might. It's a decade. I got 10 years. <laughs> I got the, I got 10 years. I could either be a player, manager... <laughs> I'm sure you can get that swing back. Hey, I can There are plenty out. of positions that they could upgrade for that Miami Marlins. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Ooh, Gary, hey, Shane, I'm just you have a shot. Though. That's me. Yeah. Uncalled for. Sorry. Well, uh, as, as you heard just uh, for a little bit, that is Brett Rutherford on the right. Brett... It is uh, it is a new decade, and I'm going to give you your opportunity. You have the floor to give a little bit better of a resolution for your decade. What, what's it going to be? I I just I don't want to get like too serious or too like personal here, but just like read more, write more, be be more thorough when I'm you know working or you know, doing whatever I am. This is going to be an interesting decade for all of us. Um, you know, we're entering the workforce, uh, <laughs> so it's yeah. I don't want to get like too serious, but like just be a better person. Sounds like this guy does want to win a World Series. Yeah, I don't think that he's got Head's that. Head's not in the right space. Does he have the it factor, Gary? No, he does not. It doesn't sound like Brett has that it factor. I mean, my of, team's you know, already competing for oh, a World Series. How wow. many? Wow. Wait, wow. I couldn't hear how many World Series do the Tampa Bay Rays have? 
And how many do the, the Florida slash Miami Marlins have? I'll give that some dead air. That's I'm not, I'm not responding to that. Wow. You know, that's, that's rude. Well, let's give it over to Alex. And Alex, I know that you've had a, a great long break. Uh, the, the TCC Eagles, you were the play, uh, or you were the PA announcer for, for their big win over the Chipola Indians, a big conference win. I believe it was 73 to 71. What, what was that like uh, this past weekend, the, the conference action here in Tallahassee? It was great. Tallahassee has more great basketball teams than just Florida State. I mean, that was a great game from wire to wire. There wasn't a team that, that really took a big lead in that game. It was just well coached, well played by both sides. Very exciting. And, and there's some there are some Division One players on the on that roster that, that people don't really notice about with, with TCC and and that they, they are more than just a school. They're an athletic uh, uh, program as well. I know you've been involved with that. I've been involved. Well, Let's let's give you a chance at, at your New Year's New Decade uh, resolution, and no one has said that to get a job. You know that's been the one that's been wild to me. What do you got, Alex? Well, mine wasn't to get a job, even though that would be great. Mine is <laughs> to uh, mine is to be less forgetful. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So over yeah. the summer, we mentioned it over the air when we went to Baton Rouge. I lost my shoes. Or I left my <laughs> shoes at home, and we had to before the game go grab some shoes at Walmart. Well, I'm happy to announce that this winter break, the same exact thing happened. I went to New Jersey for the holidays, and I'm getting ready on Christmas morning. It's like 9 in the morning, and I'm getting my outfit ready. Everything looks great, and then I realize I only have my workout sneakers. I didn't have any dress shoes, so I had to go to Walgreens at 8 in the morning. Thank God they're open on Christmas morning and get new shoes. Walgreens has shoes? That's at Walmart. Bad. Oh, okay. I was about to say Walgreens. Wow. That's that's <laughs> tough. And Alex, you, you forgot to mention that you never did find those shoes that you lost, which uh, is is not great. And I I will say this. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of credit on that. I um I I went and uh, packed some stuff up for my house as I was coming back up here. I think that I left one of my shoes at home. So I'm not doing so Wait, well. Wait, like one pair of shoes? No, one one shoe. I brought oh, one shoe up. That's tough. That's, yeah, that's I don't know how you do it. I, I don't know how you do it. That's even worse than not having both. How do you leave one shoe? Like yeah, that you tell us exactly. That kind yeah. of insinuates that you took off one shoe. And it's, then kept no, no, going. no. Here's the thing. No, I, I had, I had, I had been wearing flip flops, and I was going to bring shoes, and I think that I only grabbed one shoe. Which to me, I feel like it's better to leave all your shoes than just bring one. Exactly. That's more embarrassing. No, exactly. Yeah. I can confirm to the listeners that Luke is still wearing his flip flops. So I am. Extra it is comfy. cold outside. My feet are, my feet are freezing. But you know, I am wearing flip flops without socks. Which is that's which a, is a big, first. That's a that's huge a big improvement for you. You know, it's, new uh, decade, new you. <laughs> it's um, it, it's it's not a choice. It's a lifestyle, and I'm just trying to live it. As a lamp falls down here, uh, but let's get Uh-oh. into some sports talk here, Gary. I know that uh, we we went on a big, big, uh, you know, a big, big story along along the the wrong path. Let's get into the right path, and that mm-hmm. is Florida State basketball, which had a a a a program setting win here. Um, it, it was Coach Ham became the the fifth winningest coach in ACC history, uh, which is a big deal um, given how prolific the ACC is. It seems like you know, just yesterday he signed with Florida State, and really uh, what what and I heard Dick Vitale say is that this was known as a football school, and he changed Florida State, the perception of Florida State, into being. A, a basketball, a basketball school to be thought of, not not in the same likeness as UNC mm-hmm. and Duke, but in in the same breath, and and that's something that you got to tip your cap to Coach Hammond. He got his his fellows ready, and they beat the number seven team in the country on the road at Louisville. Huge win for Florida State. This was a huge shock to me, and like every time we you said people start calling Florida State a basketball school, I see it on Twitter and Instagram, and I keep saying to myself, FSU is not a basketball school. I it just doesn't resonate in my head that way and every time I say it they kind of prove me wrong yeah and this was one of them because they were saying it before the game everyone's like oh we're a basketball school we can upset Louisville Louisville just lost to Kentucky Louisville lost to Michigan Michigan's kind of having a weird season and they hand they handled their business pretty darn well in a hostile environment and it was one of the weirder kind of wins for Florida State because it wasn't really that much of like the bench or I mean the bench kind of did contribute but like it was three guys really scoring. Yeah, it was b- three big numbers, three guys in double digits. Devin Vassell with fourteen, Trent Forrest with twenty, and then MJ Walker with twenty-three. Or was M- it twenty? Yeah, MJ Walker with twenty-three, which big is not story. something that we would have we'd have uh, uh, thought seeing. <laughs> and the one thing that I want to point out, Gary, is MJ Walker was questionable for that game. They bring him off the bench, 
and he has, in my opinion, the best game of his Florida State career. We saw what they did with Fiondu Cabangeli bringing him off the bench, and people were saying, why is he not starting? You know, I, I don't understand that. I said it on this show. And and the reason why he wasn't starting was because he would get in foul trouble, and it was mm-hmm. better for him to go up against that second-team unit where he could be more of a production uh, setter. MJ Walker just happens to walk into the six-man role through an injury. I think... And Brett, you you can you can jump off of this. Should MJ Walker not be starting for Florida State and come in like a Lou Williams role, which they had mentioned early on in the broadcast? I, I don't know if if MJ's performance was due to the fact that he did come off the bench. I think he did just have a really good game. He went nine for thirteen from the field. I I still think that MJ Walker is one of the five most talented players on this team. Mm-hmm. And and as we see Florida State kind of transition transition this year into like more positionless basketball. MJ Walker, if he's your best player at the time, if he's in good form, if he's playing good basketball, should be starting for your team. And I, I said that I said the same thing about Kevin Gelly. But he hasn't been playing good basketball when he he has been starting. Yeah, but we've only seen him come off the bench and perform like this this one time. If if he we yeah. see a trend and we see that's really the reason he's playing this well and it's, it's he's only playing well when he's coming off the bench. I think maybe you transition him into a role similar to Kevin Gelly that we saw last year. Um, but but if if he's if he's good enough, he should be starting. He should be playing the most minutes, uh, be, because that's how you win basketball games. Mm-hmm. You put and your best guys on the floor. Luke mentioned that he kind of had some problems with personal fouls and all that throughout year and years past. Guess how many fouls? Don't look at no one. Look at the stat sheet. No one look. I just saw you look. I I didn't look. Guess how many fouls he had. I th- I think I think it was one, maybe. Alex, you got it. I don't remember. Um. No. Yeah. I didn't remember anything specific. It was one. One. Yeah, hey, one hey, personal what do I foul. Win? I what? What do I win? For Nothing. <laughs> no, okay, great. You win. You win the first pop quiz of the semester. Sweet. <laughs> but yeah, so I, it was really a shock to see him come out and play that way, and just for the whole team in that most part. Like, I was FSU handily outscored bench wise compared just because of MJ, really. Yeah. But still, that was a huge factor in this game because Louisville just wasn't able to get anything going, and when they did get something going, Florida State had an answer every single time. And you mentioned that like the scoring was really focused around three guys, Forrest, Walker, Vassell. Mm-hmm. But the guys that weren't scoring, they found other ways to contribute. Look at a guy like Anthony Polite, who I've been extremely yep. harsh on throughout his Florida Same. State career. He was one for five from the field, only scored three points, but he was putting in work defensively. And Florida State did what they did best, all, did what they've been doing best all season. That's forced turnovers, get the ball back in their hands, control the tempo of the game. And, and, uh, and Polite was a huge part of that. But let's not forget about Trent Forrest. I mean, Trent Forrest has been he's been that leader for this team that only has one se- senior. Yeah. If you count Alinechuk, is he the he is a senior? But, tech, he's a but you know, it's a grad First year transfer. Doesn't he? He doesn't have that role that you saw Trent Forrest, who came on his sophomore year. Trent has been he he has been the steady force. When when you look back to the Gonzaga game in the Sweet 16 that Florida State lost last year, he was playing his heart out. Had a turf toe injury, probably shouldn't have been on the court, but he was the only one to keep him in the game. In this game, he was that guy against Louisville. You saw there there was a pass from Devin Vassell all the way down the court over to uh, to Trent Forrest. He lays it up and in, and that kind of stemmed a little bit of of what Louisville had momentum wise, mm-hmm. where Florida State pulls in, and you see him throughout the game just be that four general that Florida State needs. They really need that guy to step up. And Alex, I I don't know if you got to catch the game, but looking at Trent Forrest's play, he's expanded himself to where he knocked down a three in this game. He he is he has revolutionized his game going into his fourth year. And if Florida State wants to make a deep run, they have to have him as their best player. Exactly, and that's what I love about him is that there hasn't been a game, at least that I can remember, where he's really disappeared this year. It seems like yes. he's always, even if he's not necessarily the best player on the court at all times, he's always good. And you're right about the three-pointers. He, he's been, he has been changing his game a little bit. The entire team was shooting great against Louisville. I was looking it up before the show. Louisville and uh, FSU both have, are both tied for third place in the ACC in a field goal percentage. FSU was out shooting them 55% to 39%, including 48% from three. Yeah, I, I, I think that Florida State overall is in a good spot after this game. Um, and... And looking at their future schedule, yes, it's the ACC. Yes, that's one of the harder conferences in America. But this is down year for the ACC. UNC is not what they they were. They they just dropped another game over the weekend. I, I can't recall who it was against. But 
I know that Jay Sutton is not excited about that, but UNC <laughs> is not what they have. Now they are at, without their starting guard, um, Cole uh, Anthony, Cole, Cole Anthony, Anthony yeah. who who's been injured, and 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 Duke just went down. Uh, one of the, their big men, Wendell, he he went down. But this is a time for Florida State where they can take the ACC. Well, well, going into the season with the twenty game schedule, I was thinking, all right, maybe twelve wins for Florida State in the ACC. That'd be a good showing, especially given the talent they lost uh, coming into this season. But with a win like this on the road against Louisville, one of your ten games, probably going to be your toughest road game besides uh, going to Cameron and Door. If you pull out a game like this, not only do I think that they're poised to exceed that twelve win mark that it kind of set for them. They're still in the mix for an ACC regular season title. I know they've won ACC tournaments before. I know they've made deep NCAA tournaments before. But winning an ACC regular season title would be the greatest accomplishment this team has has ever done, really. Yeah, and, and Virginia is not Virginia is not the team that they were. They lost a bunch of players like Florida State did, mm-hmm. but it seems like they cannot make up that depth. They had a huge win against Virginia Tech, blew them out by. Over 20 points. They only gave points. up 39 points in that game, I'm pretty sure. It and, and something ridiculous. Florida State struggles against Virginia, mm-hmm. but looking at this ACC, Florida State should, in theory, be a top-two team. I, I think they were voted for, to finish fourth or fifth. Fifth, I think, yeah. I I like I like this Florida State team earlier on in the season. I, I was— There was question I was the, the question was the bench. What What is going to happen? Mm-hmm. I think that Patrick Williams is not going to be your guy for scoring. But his defensive presence that he has done, Florida State has always been a long team. He had he had some plays on defense along with Osborne. Had some plays on defense where you go and look and, and say, no one wants to drive in on Florida State and play against them. No, they're dominating the paint like they always have, but just not with the same kind of length. Not with that seven foot one length. This isn't low. the prototypical Leonard no. Hamilton team. He's adjusted. Yeah, exactly. And we saw Dominic. Dominic got seven minutes in the game against yeah. uh, Louisville and yeah, then Leonard was Jack. in Ballship. Paul should play a bit more. He played 21 minutes, I believe, right? No, he didn't play at all. He's oh, no. Was, no, did he play? No, I he believe. did not play in the Louisville game. He played in the in the, in the the Georgia Tech game. Oh, no, he, he was out. I was confusing. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, yeah, one of them was out, but still even Raekwon even got like eight minutes. So, I mean, you're not getting any minutes for the big men down low. So, But that was also probably more of a schematic thing where they needed to play a smaller lineup. But still, even if you look down at the – or what was that, right? No, I'll say real quick, it sounds like Balsa could be out for, for a while mm-hmm. given the comments that we've got from, from Leonard Hamilton today. He said he really doesn't know when he's going to play again. And this basketball season, I know it, you know it still feels like it's early on, but there's really only a couple months left. So it wouldn't shock me if, if this season's mm-hmm. kind of a wash for Balsa. If you're looking at, if you're looking at Louisville or against the, the Louisville game, Florida State usually plays 11, 12 deep in previous years. Nine, play- nine players yeah. played. Mm-hmm. Nine players played against Louisville. This is a different team, but MJ Walker, 28 points off the bench, 9 of 13, 5 of 7 from 3. That's the type of production that Florida State has wanted, really, this entire year from, from him and in his entire career. He was a five-star recruit finally showing up. And, Gary, I, I asked Brett this, but should Florida State consider starting Anthony Polite over MJ Walker? Kind of like you... You almost saw with um, when Matt Barnes was in the NBA, yeah. he would always start, mm-hmm. but he didn't really play too much down the stretch. He was more the defensive guy, and then they would bring in a, a player like Lou Williams, mm-hmm. one of those six-man type players, to come in and and mop up against those second duties. Is that what MJ Walker should should try to try to make his career at Florida State, where he can be successful that way? I'm fine with that, honestly. Like, I mean, if it works exactly like Fiondu Cavangeli, he was able to. They was it. They worked him down low early, and then he came in and took advantage of when the guys were kind of tired and were more a little bit more lackadaisical. And Polite really can work the guys on the defensive end, so he can break them down there. And then MJ Walker can come in when they're gassed and beat them to the uh, lane or shoot right in front of them. So I think it does work. No, it really feels, though, like even when Florida State kind of had their, their second team in the game, mm-hmm. that they didn't lose a step. No. We saw Raekwon Evans play really, really well in this game. Pat Williams, who a lot of people thought was going to be the most talented player on this basketball team, and he still might be, but is still very young, very new to the college game, kind of testing testing the waters a little bit. He is pr- uh, playing a huge role coming off the bench defensively, and, and when he can when he can score the basketball, you know, he, he's dangerous, but he's still still very young, very new. Out, go, go, go. Oh, ahead, I was going to say, I wanted to ask something about the schedule upcoming because it's really kind of a light schedule from here. Uh, uh, not really playing, but I'm just saying, like, amount of games. Yeah. They play once this week, midweek. I Was it Thursday night or Wednesday night? It's a midweek game against Wake. Wake's 8 and 5 this season. And then next Wednesday, they play UVA in Tallahassee. 
Uh-huh. How do you guys think they're going to fare coming down the line? Do here? you think Wake is a trap game for Florida State? Uh, they've it come off be a such a high game. because you look at, at what USF was. Florida, mm-hmm. Florida State could have easily dropped against USF. Yeah. They looked terrible the entire game. And for them to bounce back a couple games later and, and play how well they did against Louisville, either either you think, wow, Florida State has figured it out, or is Louisville just not what, uh, what they are? The, the ACC really doesn't have trap games if, you, if you're not going into every game thinking mm-hmm. any team you beat us on any day you you're not going to have success so i wouldn't call a wake forest game a trap game i think that's going to be a difficult game any any team in this league at home is going to be tough to beat and florida state's going to have have their hands full on wednesday we saw that earlier in the season i know it was the first game but at pitt and mm-hmm. the hard time that they had there well, yeah, I was going to say that if anything, the USF game, it kind of woke this team up, that yeah. they can't take these games lightly, regardless who it is. So if anything, I think they're going to come out and play very well against Wake. Yeah, Alex, what's the ceiling for this Florida State team? I honestly think it's a lot higher than I had it at the beginning of the year, because not only when you look at how many players left, man, Cabin Gelly, um, and then on top of that, you also have the hard schedule, kind of what you guys were talking about, to open up on the road against Florida and Pitt and then go on a neutral site and play Tennessee, Purdue, and then play Indiana at Indiana. I think we all kind of expected them to struggle a little bit and be near the bottom of the ACC, maybe the top of the bottom of the ACC at this point. And as you guys said a few minutes ago, this team could realistically win the ACC regular season. To, uh, regular season. I'm going to throw one out to you guys. Gary? Yeah. Looking back to my freshman year, or I think it, it was my, my freshman year, they, they they didn't exactly have an identity down low. And you thought, okay, Chris Kamaji, looking at his frame, everything that's gone on with him coming out of high school, they were going to redshirt Chris Kamaji. Leonard Hamilton chooses not to redshirt Chris Kamaji. Four years down the road, you're sitting in a spot where Florida State is without that big man that they needed how much do you think that that factors in where Leonard, Leonard Hamilton is looking at some of his young guys and going, I don't want to get in a situation now where where we go and Chris Kamaji could have very much used a fifth year at Florida State. Is is that a problem going into the future where they, they go, ah, you know, we could have had him. They, you could have had Obiagu if he had stayed. Are you saying, or are you looking towards a lack of veteran experience or lack of lack of big veteran men? big men okay. who 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 can do something? Because you saw Kumaji came on a little bit yeah. at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it could be a huge factor, especially for this team, because I don't know about going down the line who they're going to face in the tournament or whatever. But if he was a presence, he a, he was a presence. Yeah, and if a few teams have big men's big man that are able to push around Florida State's, they're going to be in big trouble because it's just going to become. Dump it into the big man at the block and let him back him down, back whoever's down there. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if that's going to be uh, you know a, an Achilles heel to this team. We've seen them have success. You know, Atlanta Jack only played seven minutes, and the, the one guy I think this team probably wishes they had is is Obiagu, and and not really sure he's, what, what he's not down. doing very much. I think he's, he's not averaging a lot of Seton Hall. ten or ten or eleven uh, minutes over at Seton Hall, and that was a tough situation with him. But leaving. The, yeah, but, the reality is, if, if Obiagu is on this team, Atlanta Jack's probably not here. He probably yeah. but I mean, if Obiagu was on the team last year, that's a final you know final four yeah, elite eight team, uh, and, and, and that's neither here nor there. But I'm going with a player that could have been on the team, Chris Kamaji. Yeah, if they redshirted him, how much they could have used Chris Kamaji here at Florida State for this team right now? Because this team is good, but how much better they could have been? Because they are not deep this no, year. Yeah, the players they don't have. You know, besides Alenichak and Kopravito, we don't know how long he's going to be out. They don't have any other real true centers. I know they've played Malik Osborne as a quote-unquote center this year, but I think Hamilton has made the transition more to a positionless game, and he's really recruited well to to suit that that system that he wants to run where he's got so many guys buying in and, and playing good basketball. I got one last question before we jump to the next topic. What do you guys believe would be the big, is the bigger Achilles heel for this team? Lack of big depth at big man or lack of shooting or I'm saying like if the team goes cold or slash guard play really I I think that Florida State can can deal with that that uh that that length because they they kind of made it up with people playing the right positions that's a good question if Gary. you go cold from beyond the arc or just I, in general, I have to say tough. I have to say not having that great player behind uh behind Trent Forrest mm-hmm. Um, Consistently, yeah. there are good there are good well, players behind him, but, but like not Walker. having not having C.J. Walker behind Trent Forrest, mm-hmm. C.J. Walker now over at Ohio State. 
I don't know how he's doing he's it over okay. there. They're, but they're a good but team. them not having a solid backup guard, if Trent Forrest goes hurt, if Trent Forrest and God forbid, you know, knock on one, if he gets hurt, Florida it's, State is in a ton of trouble. Yeah, yeah. That's what's gonna that's what's gonna hurt them down the road. Yeah, I think uh, pr- probably the lack of shooters because they really only have one guy that you can kind of rely on. That's MJ Walker. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that consistently. Well, Devin Vassell, but I. But even then, yeah, Devin Vassell I mean, went two. He, Devin Vassell went two for six from behind the. But you consider the him a sharpshooter. He can have good games, but yeah. he's not. You know, he's not a Kyle guy. No one is. But the the point is, I do think they have enough length to where not having as many big men is going to be an Achilles heel for them. And I do think that they force enough turnovers on the defensive side of the ball that they don't. They're not in as much need of a, a true three point shooter. Well. Florida State is in good hands. I, I can say that they have their coach. Uh, just a couple years ago, we talked about it plenty of times. How people were asking for Coach Ham to be fired, and mm-hmm. uh, now now we're probably going to see a statue built of him. So yeah, he keeps proving us wrong. Yeah, he, he does keep proving us wrong, even with teams that are definitely not as talented. Florida State is playing up, and and that goes to to teams that now, if you look down the road, if you look at teams that have been successful in the tournament, won national championships. They've had those senior leaders, those upper upper level leaders. Maybe the way to go is not the one and done freshman. I, I know that mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of the transition to basketball be that way, but one and done freshman has kind of hurt college basketball, and that that's what to me is the even the even the thing that evens uh, evens everything. The, out. the Villanova. The reason why mm-hmm. Villanova has a chance to win national titles is because they can build they can build a team that doesn't necessarily have five stars. But same thing with UVA. UVA did it too. They exactly. Had guys UVA. That it, it, uh, and you know you 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 hope that UConn could get back in that mm-hmm. fold, but U, UConn did uh, the the same thing. When you look at uh, Kimball Walker and uh, Shabazz Napier, they they've been able to do it. Florida Jeez. State is in that type of team where you know they may not be on paper the greatest team of the decade, but they could make a run and and, and get into that Final Four. We'll see what happens. But let's move on to the NFL and. Boy, do we have some reactions here, yes, Gary? Yes, yes. Oh my! <laughs> let's start. Let's start with what 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 we did not see coming, which was a Dolphins QB and Ryan Fitzpatrick beating the Patriots a week ago, mm-hmm. and then a former Dolphins QB and Ryan Tannehill beating Tom Brady and the Patriots, who everyone thought, all right, they haven't had the greatest of seasons. The record looks good, but their offense has been terrible. But when they get in the playoffs, Gary, they know how to win a game. Mm. What happened that made the Titans win 20-13 to 13 it, over well, the Patriots? It was really the presence of Derrick Henry. And that coupled with Ryan Tannehill and what Ryan Tannehill had to do in the previous years against the Patriots has been completely different. Because with the Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill against the Patriots, it was a, not really a great run. He had presence. to win the game. He Yes, exactly. It had to be Ryan Tannehill to win the game against the Patriots. This time... All he had to do was just manage the game, give the ball to Derrick Henry a lot. He's going to average about 10 yards a carry. It felt, it honestly felt like 10 yards a carry for the majority of that game. And he played the perfect game that he needed to. Didn't make any crazy mistakes. Didn't put the, and put, didn't put the Titans into any ridiculous situations. He just played clean. Alex, was, was Tom Brady the problem? Was he the problem with this team? <laughs> No, I just think it was it's the run defense of the Patriots. It's one of the things that they were struggling with all season, it seemed like. And then Derrick Henry comes in, and exactly what Gary was saying. Derrick Henry won the game for the Titans. It was a it was an okay game on both sides, but Derrick Henry really stole the show. And Mike Vrabel, too. I thought he coached a really good game. And in the Patriots, I know there's all the talk about the dynasty being over. It's over. And, and Brady I... definitely, I'm not convinced he's going to be playing for the Patriots next year or playing for anyone next year. Uh, but that Patriots team was still a good team. Let's not act like they got destroyed here. They didn't they lost, score a single point in the fourth quarter. They, they lost pick, a, they the lost a six, one-score yeah. game in the playoffs. They lost a one-score game in the playoffs, and if it were any other team, we wouldn't even bat an eye. So, yeah, I don't know if the Patriots have you know three more Super Bowls left in the tank with Brady and Belichick, but I, I'm, I'm not going to call the quote-unquote dynasty over just because they lost a, a, a pretty close game I, in the but playoffs. But Tom Brady didn't do anything to help this team win. He didn't throw a touchdown. He threw a pick six at the end of the game, which really put ice on it, but still— I I mean, there was 12 seconds left in the game. What no, can you do from the one-yard line? We understand that, but you got to score. Just not throw a pick. They're, really, <laughs> you got to score. No, exactly. you got to score. And I, it, they were they won the division. They could have gotten that that first round by. They did not because they didn't win the final game against the Dolphins. Yeah. They put no. themselves in this position. Tom Brady should not have been playing in this wild card game. He should have been resting up, 
you know, watching game film. But no, he has to play in the game. And what do you do? In the fourth quarter, you win games, and he did not win the game. He, he didn't. He, he proved that maybe, and I know, Gary, you've said this before, but maybe his career is over. It is on. It is. He's, he's over, over the hill. He is over the hill. At this point, I truly believe it. But I know what other I team is going to want him. That's the one thing that no. I want to know. They're talking about him going to other places. And what? what if he goes to San Diego? If he goes to San Diego. L.A.? If he goes to the Chargers, if he goes to the Chargers and they get rid of Philip Philip Rivers, how how is that an upgrade? It's how is that really. an upgrade? Are, Are you really? trying to get fans to come in? No, yeah, oh, it's obviously a publicity stunt, I believe, for the Chargers at the least. But I, Philip Rivers is an upgrade for the Patriots. I'm. I'm, I'm also right. So. Well, exactly. Yeah, I guess that, so. That brings me to my oh, point. If Brady is not on the Patriots, are we really ready to say that the that the Belichick dynasty is over? Brady, there are quarterbacks out there that are going to be available that I think are an upgrade. I don't know if it's Philip Rivers, but there could still be an upgrade at the quarterback position for the Patriots are in terms of season. Dis- <laughs> Maybe. I'm no. I'm no. I am. No, I don't think yeah, that'll yeah. happen. But like Jameis Winston might be an upgrade on Tom no, Brady. He, right well, now. I think it'll I answer one of the use. best questions that we've had the last couple of years, which is you're right. If Brady leaves, is the dynasty still on because Belichick is there it's, and Kraft is still there, or is it over because Brady left? I think when everyone's referencing the dynasty, everyone's referencing the Brady, Belichick, Kraft, that those three as the dynasty right now. And it, if Brady leaves, it just leaves the two of them. And what are they going to do? Well, What's okay. going to happen? I really do believe this is the end for all of them. I mean... Not really, Belichick. We can get we can get into that on the other side of the break. We can get we can get into that on the other side of the break. But I I think that you guys have all got valid points. We can we'll we'll get into it um, in about two minutes. You are listening to Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. Lots of people with no place to go. We're back. This is Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee. I'm your host, Luke Faye, Gary Putnick over in the co-host's chair. Gary, we were just talking about the Patriots dynasty. Is it over? I'm going to throw this at you guys, and I don't think anyone is going to see see this, this take coming. Josh McDaniels is going to be the next coach of the Patriots come next season. No, that's not true. I think, I think that if Brady Belichick's is gone, there. I think if Brady is gone, Bill Belichick doesn't want to have to coach a team where where they aren't going to win the Super Bowl. And let's be honest, next year they aren't going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, he was a Browns coach. Let's, <laughs> but no, they fight. They got rid of him. I know, and he was also a Jets coach for like two days. But I, I'm saying I I'm saying this that they wanted to hold. Why did Josh McDaniels not go to the Colts last uh, in in the offseason previously? Why, maybe, why somebody, maybe somebody told him Andrew Luck was going to retire soon. Probably hey, not. I, I would know. doubt it. I don't know. I would doubt you it. You can't tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I cannot tell you. You know what? That's right. But that is yep, uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But he is at. He is with the Patriots for a reason. I think that he is a coach in waiting oh, for the is. Patriots, and that if they lost, if there is a time to do it when they're in the play, uh, when they get out of the playoffs early, he's taking he's taking interviews at different spots. It wouldn't shock me to see a, a, a Bill Belichick 
retirement out of nowhere. The scenario I could see coming before Josh McDaniels taking the job, being the head coach next season, is Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady going somewhere else together. I think that's a lot more likely than McDaniels being the coach next Probably season. Probably more likely. But yeah. let's let's not pretend that, given the information we, we think we know, that Bill Belichick already kind of tried to force Tom Brady out before exactly. when they had Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. They don't yes. have Jimmy Garoppolo you know, waiting in the wings anymore. They don't have that next quarterback, and there might not be one available. And Brady's a crazy person, so he can't have any competition. And, and so is Robert Kraft. <laughs> and he yes, probably wants his, his trainer there yeah, and all that I'm weird stuff. You know, it might be a year or two after Brady leaves, Belichick decides, you know what, I'm you know, it's, the time's up. I'm not going to be able to develop a new new guy. We're not going to be able to get this team back yeah. to where I want it. It's time for a new vision. Robert Kraft might feel the same way. That's not going to happen this year. Like like I said before the break, there are quarterbacks that in terms of how well they're going to play next season, that will be an upgrade from Tom Brady, I think. Yeah, I kind of think it's the opposite of what you guys said just before, which is, yeah, I think that without Brady, he's going to want to prove that he was the guy. That Because they already had a little bit of a conflict or tension, as was reported, I believe, a year ago yeah, with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Mm-hmm. And, and the trainer being moved out of the facility. Yeah. Right. I think Belichick would be eager to show that he's the guy that's responsible for all this. Yep, and Belich- yeah, Belichick knows he's the puppet master. Bel- or Brady's just the system quarterback that can be plugged in. Because we've seen Brissett, or Jacoby Brissett can win, Matt Castle Castle. can win, and Jimmy Garoppolo can all win. I know Jimmy Garoppolo has proven that he can win other places right now, but it's a system that just works for some odd reason with quarterbacks, and but, Belichick but knows who works. At, at the age that Belichick is, you know, he's in his late sixties, I believe. Why would I, I ask you guys this? Why would he want to come back and 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 see this challenge? Why not? It's that's a challenge. The, he's that's a, who he he's is. One of, yeah, either that or like you see it in his son too. Like his, they just love football. They, it's plain and simple. They don't they don't know what to do without football. Bill Belichick is sixty seven years old. To put that he's in perspective. Yeah, that's uh, getting up there think, in age. I don't think he's ready to walk away like right right after Tom Brady leaves. I, I do. Do you think that's a cop out? He move? would want that. No, I mean it's his, if, he, if he's ready to retire, he is sixty seven, and you might say, well, he's only retiring because Brady left, and they're not going to win anything. But he is sixty seven years old. I mean, yeah, let's let's be right. Uh, he's let, an old man. Let's be let, his let's legacy be set in stone. Yeah, let's be frank though. Their defense is still good. They had a great defense. They were quarterback away from being another Super Bowl team. And I'll say that. People will say, oh, the weapons, they didn't have enough weapons. and what. That's I, I don't agree with that. I you can get a playmaker what, in there. What was their record this year? Thirteen they go twelve wins? Twelve and four. Twelve and four with, with Brady this season the way he played. Very average quarterback and in terms of the, the rest of the year. Yeah, and I think they're they a quarterback away from being in the Super Bowl, but if there is there anyone on the market right now that you could that that you could target? And be Bill Bill Belichick uh, and say you know I'll go was after. Was Who is the right the, fit? I was, guess you have to wait and see what happens with Jameis Winston. I don't even have to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have to question who the Patriots could go out and pull out of a hat right now. But I can tell you, once they pull out that guy, he will most likely be winning football games there because it just it seems to not matter. And they're going to draft some. They should draft someone this uh, in the draft in April. Yeah. But at the end is of the DeAndre day, DeAndre Francois in the draft? Could they take him? <laughs> he is. He, See, he's there now. I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah there you go. Let's, guys, guys, let's let's just get down to to the point here. Is Tom Brady going to be back next year? You guys all around the table say yes, and if not, where? Yeah, he's gonna be there at least two more seasons. Uh, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I think he's gonna come back. I think I, I just don't think he's gonna want to go out on that note, going out in the first round. Mm-hmm. I think he'll retire. I don't think retirement. Uh, I at least get at the at the least uh, one year at the most two more years in New England. That's it. The thing is, Tom Brady, as you said before, is a crazy person. Exactly. Yep. He's going to have to go zero and sixteen for at least a couple years before he even considers retiring. It's going to be like a. It's going to be a really weird, weird way for Tom Brady to go out. It, it'll remind you of when Brett Favre you Just went to limping the, off into the sunset. Yeah, Brett Favre went to the Minnesota Vikings and and had and that great Jets. one year. He had that great one year mm-hmm. uh, after he was with the Jets, and then the next year, just fell apart and and wasn't wasn't there. I, in my opinion, I'll say that Tom Brady does retire, but he's retiring in L.A. with the char- Ooh, with the Chargers. No, Brady knows not to go down the Brett Favre trail. No, right I think now. he's going to L.A. He doesn't. I I don't. As much as he is a winner. I, I think that he's just going to chase chase more of a lifestyle and go to L.A. and they, uh, 
the Chargers are not necessarily built the same way as no, as the Patriots, but to me, he's he's the the relationship is fractured with Bill Belichick. That's done. I don't think he wants to flirt with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I can see it all. But hey, we'll see. It's going to be a long off season with a lot of speculation and a lot of watching where Tom Brady's. If he's putting his house in the market, is he not? Where is I, he flying? I won't, I won't criticize any player for choosing to either continue their career no. or retire as long as they're good enough to keep playing. And that's not up for me to decide. That's up for those 32 NFL teams. Yeah, to do decide. they believe he's is good, he enough good enough to keep If he's good playing. enough, he should keep playing mm-hmm. until any age, you know, if, if, if he's good enough. Guys, let's let's uh, jump through the the last couple of uh, games here for the NFL. I know we went on a big tangent about the Patriots, but it, it needed to be said. And, and so we'll, we'll go with the Vikings-Saints game. It went into overtime. The the Saints really were, were lackadaisical throughout the mm-hmm. beginning of the game. And then towards the fourth quarter, they get it turned on. Taysom Hill was the MVP of the game no matter who won it. He had a receiving touchdown, a 50-yard pass. pass. Yeah. Um Big rushes. I, he was all over. He was all over the place. He was. A um, I think. Superstar. Did he have? He had two touchdowns. Correct. Uh, he only. Ha- I think he only had one touchdown. Either way, taste- just one touchdown. Yes. Just one. Ta- he had a big play that led to yeah, a touchdown. That, okay. Okay. Yeah, it put them on like play. the five yard. Yeah, like yeah I was thinking. Pass. I was thinking about the other. The other time when mm-hmm. he ran it all the way down to the fifteen yard line. Looks like Drew Brees is going to be able to get him in the end zone, and then fumbles. Vikings get the ball back later on, though. The Saints end up hitting a game-tying field goal mm-hmm. um, at the end of regula- regulation. But there, there are some moments in that game where you go, what are they doing? I mean, exactly. at the very end, that, that fumble by Drew Brees just was inexcusable in the final three minutes. And then, and then you look over at, in the final minute when they're driving down the field, for some reason they don't call a timeout to stop the clock and mm-hmm. save yourself 20 seconds. So you can't run a play, and it ends up that New Orleans has to kick that field goal. You go into overtime— don't win the coin toss, and this is where the problem happens, fellas, is the Vikings go down the field, score a touchdown on third down, and people complain, was it a push-off, was it not? But the big complaint is, should the Saints have had a chance to get back? Should they change the overtime rules? Gary, I think that it's fine how, how it is right yeah. now. If you score a touchdown first, you're good. Kick a field goal, the other team gets an opportunity. Play defense, That that's the problem, but... That's the big takeaway from this game is, you know, the Saints were one of the first teams to to lose a wild card game after winning 13 games or whatever the, yeah. the, the statistic was. What it comes down to is they had a chance to win the game. They didn't. And Kirk Cousins, he won a big game finally. Kirk, yeah, Kirk Cousins played a solid game, 242 yards, a touchdown, I, no picks out of Kirk. That was the biggest shock to me this game. But I want to get on to the Saints fans and what they keep doing about complaining about pass interference and all that. There were more opportunities to win this game than there were than that than the one referees moment, to make that, that moment. little moment. That it angers me so much when I see them. They complain about the Saints or the the Rams won last season. Yes, that was a penalty. Yes, that should have been called. But you got but the Saints should have been called for a was it a roughing the or a late hit on the quarterback when Jared Goff was sliding and they only got a field goal out of it instead of a touchdown. But Jared Goff, yeah, Jared Goff. It was in the uh, the game year. against the Rams okay. last year. But gotcha. This year, they missed a field goal at the end of halftime. It was a chip shot, practically. They should, if they didn't miss that, if they made that, they would have won. So, I mean, it seemed like they weren't playing to win the game. It, it, no. it kind of, it felt like, oh, the Vikings will hand this. The, game yeah, they to were, us. they were waiting for the Kirk Cousins interception that never came. That's what they were really banking on. It felt like this. This Saints team, they're 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 at a crossroads. I think they're they need to find a new identity for an entire decade. In a decade plus, we watched Drew Brees carry this team. Then they added Alvin Kamara, who we thought was one of the most dynamic running backs in the league. He had an off year this year, a big-time off year. Now they've been trying to mix Taysom Hill in more and more, but we saw in this game, we're talking about quarterbacks that are over the hill, Drew Brees did not have wasn't a good game. great. He just he, wasn't great. He didn't. He I know didn't. he didn't have okay. terrible stat line. He still was 26 for 33, he still for well. over 200 yards. It was a good game. But like you said, we saw the fumble, and he mm-hmm. wasn't really making the plays. It didn't look like – Exactly what you said. It just didn't look like Drew Brees was was locked in for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe he just had a bad game. Uh, I don't think that he's on Tom Brady level. Where, no. where he, but he's still a playmaker. It just makes you think. You know, Tony Romo had that one or two year window where he had a chance to go deep into the playoffs. Like this is the team that's built for it. Got the offensive line. Got the running back, and wasn't able to do it. At this moment, 
I think that the the Saints missed their window. It was the last two years, yeah. and they they mm-hmm. didn't get it last year. They didn't get it this year. I I I I I don't know if they will stick with Teddy Bridgewater and sign him another year, but they are in a little bit of trouble. The Saints could be over the hill, Gary. They very well could be. I'm not ready to call it just yet, just yet but yeah, it very well could be. Alex, I, I uh, asked Gary, he didn't answer this question, but should they change the overtime rules again? Earlier it used to be a couple years ago where if you hit a field goal, you won the game. They changed it to where if you hit a field goal on the first possession, you have to kick it back and give the other team a chance to win. In this situation, the Vikings go straight down the field, score a touchdown. Should the Saints have had a had a chance to to run it back? I do because yeah, of course your defense should stop them, but Drew Brees is going to have no say in how this game ends. I mean, you you should give both sides of the ball because as good like I just said, you could say the say was him fumbling the ball, but uh, to, when they could have run down the or when they could have scored that go ahead touchdown, but but go ahead, Alex. Right, no, but once it once overtime starts though, you should both both teams should get. A, a chance, chance because to touch it's ball. silly that something as arbitrary as a coin toss. Oh, yeah. Because if the coin landed the other way, then maybe Drew Brees wins the game with for the Saints. But yeah. we wouldn't. I I don't think that we would have the same argument if Drew Brees went down and scored a touchdown. And and you, I don't think you would hear from the national media. Well, the Vikings should have deserved a chance we, because they were the Vikings were not the better team and won the game. And I think that's the big. That was the big hubbub was. Well, you didn't give a chance for Drew Brees, dude, and he he, he should have a better year, though. No matter what, we're the better team, though. That game, the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, you are gonna have some people say that that they're biased towards the Saints, so they want to see Drew Brees rather than Kirk. But I'm saying, if you're saying, then why, if they're the better team, why are they a seven and a half point? Under, underdog. That's what well, I'm talking about. No, they were the better team the game, on the day. Yes. They yes. played game, a better football They were the better team. They didn't yes. have any, as many turnovers. They played a lot cleaner. They played, for the most part, a, lot, a little bit smarter, I guess you could say that. And but no one nationally wants to see... No one nationally wants to see the Vikings go to the Super Bowl. Oh, no, is, what I'm, is what I'm trying to allude to. Uh, I don't to. think it. Whoever's right, on the other side mean. of the field would love to see the Vikings in the Super but Bowl. But if, <laughs> if if you flipped it the other way, we would not be having this conversation about would, the Vikings. We have this conversation have this, every year, every yeah. time a playoff yeah. game goes in overtime. There's never been a time where someone hasn't said it doesn't matter. I'm yes. perfectly fine with the playoff, the way the playoffs are, or not the playoffs, sorry, the uh, overtime rules are set because we don't need to play a whole nother 15 minutes of football or whatever it is. It's already a sixty-minute game. There's the guys. They're gonna get hurt. You'd rather not have a guy get hurt in these kind of situations here. In the playoffs, like, though, I mean, you, yeah, I you guess would almost have, have to have yeah. two like mini halves, like like they do in soccer. Yeah, but then with the clock manipulation, it would still be weird and probably not as effective as we think it would. It's kind of like in hockey, where during the regular season, it's kind of gimmicky, where if you don't score after five minutes, you go to a shootout. But and in the playoffs, three. it's three yeah. on three for as long as you go. Yeah. Right. No, until no, it's scores. five on five in the postseason. Oh, it's five on five. You're right, right, and yeah, you yeah. go as long as you go, and yeah. sometimes you have an, a game that goes for three overtimes because it's the playoffs, and that's no. what you do in the playoffs. Hockey's different that, though, where like we, in terms of offense and defense and the yeah. fluidity is like you can control. You but could the win NFL, the puck. it's been this way for however long, and what I mean, what else needs to change? What are you gonna are you gonna have it to where the other team gets a chance? If anything, yeah, we'll just I go mean, to college. I like I, the college. Right I'd rather better. college overtime rules, but maybe not from the other team's twenty-five. Maybe from, right. the 50, from the 50, 50 or forty-five, <laughs> or maybe your own twenty-five, like you would on a kickoff, I, and just give each team a possession, eliminate kickoffs yeah, out of it. You can do that. I think that'd be just better. Just not so maybe. far back that it's possible that you have four straight possessions where no one scores. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I saw I saw something where they said change the overtime rules where you get one punt. Per overtime. Oh, okay. And oh, yeah. I thought you meant like two? you just punt off, like a punt. <laughs> no, off. no. Ap- punt afterwards, yeah. you have to go for it on fourth down. Okay. I kind of like that. Yeah. So give it four. Let's do like backyard rules. Four to score. Yeah. Four hard. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> no penalties. Well, well, guys, uh, let, let's move on to the Florida State versus Arizona State game. The battle of the party schools. Florida State. They fell. Uh, they they fell. They they yeah. did not play very well in that game and. Really, you could say Arizona State's not play very good either. It was a brutal game. Florida State scored two touchdowns in the second half um, to to at least make the game close. But in the end, Arizona State was was the better team, and I think that you learned a little bit. and And I've heard a, a lot of people say that you know it doesn't matter. This is the old staff. This is old players. You'll figure out. You'll figure out it down the road. This doesn't really bode any confidence. But if you win this game, you get some momentum. That mm-hmm. is true. You get some no. momentum going into the next year. And Florida State, 
realize that James Blackman is not the quarterback of the future. We've been saying it for a while. James Blackman had five turnovers, four interceptions, one for an, uh, one fumble. One of those interceptions was on the one-yard line, and the other one was a pick six. Another one could have been a pick six. Mm-hmm. It was a tough day for James Blackman, and, and now you look to the future and say, where where is Florida State? Where are they? They're 0-3 in the Sun Bowl. We were talking about how yeah. it's just not the Sun Devils and the Sun Bowl seem so good. For them to win the game, Arizona State does not perform to their best, but they win the game. Gary, what are your thoughts on the performance by Florida State? Florida State should have won this game, but it ultimately came down to the turnover battle, and they just blew it when it came to that. They beat themselves. Yeah, exactly. They beat themselves. They had so many opportunities, and they were even when they messed up, they were still given the opportunity to come back and have a chance to win. Like in that last two minutes when James Blackman had that, Incredible pass to uh, Keith, Keith Gavin. Gavin from the dead. We haven't yeah. heard Keith Gavin's name since all the, season. Since the Orange Bowl, practically. And yeah. it was it 2015 or he, whatever? He, no, 2017, sorry. He, he knows to play in bowl games. Exactly, yeah. And bowls that are including either Sunshine State or something related to Sun, he is there. <laughs> and he made that miraculous catch. I wasn't expecting him to catch that when that ball went up there, but he came down with it. And then Terry kind of choked it away. Where, with that where is. Where is Florida State with James Blackman, Brett? Where, where are they in, in this point? I know we've talked about two court, two new quarterbacks coming in with Rodemaker and, and Purdy, and we still have Jordan Travis, even though I don't know how well he's going to fit into this Mike Norvell scheme. Florida State still isn't really in the position to let quarterbacks walk. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think if you're Mike Norvell, you have to do what you can. It might, might not work, but to keep James Blackman happy and to keep him in the program. Alex, it was a very weird game the, the way it went the way it was managed you saw Jordan Travis come in for a play and you knew it was run and then James Blackwood would come in and you knew it was pass and it was a weird quarterback system they only let they only let uh Jordan Travis throw the ball three times he threw it for two yards or whatever but you knew when he was coming in that he was going to run the ball he had 11 rushes for 58 yards and he was a difference maker when he put the ball in his hands that way why Why did Florida State stick with this two-quarterback system? Why didn't they choose one quarterback and just roll with it? I mean, you could have asked the same question in the middle of the season, too. I, It makes more sense with this two-quarterback system rather than the one with Hornibrook because at least now you have one quarterback that runs and one quarterback that throws. I don't know. I guess just to offer a different look because whatever they were doing on offense regularly wasn't working. But, but Jordan Travis didn't have any turnovers. You'd think that after a certain amount of time they'd say, all right, we're going to let Jordan Travis throw the football. And, well, and and really, James Blackman is hurting us more than he is helping. But it really does beg the question, why did they not let Jordan Travis throw the football? And I think Can Jordan Travis throw the football? Can anymore? he throw the football? Apparently, according to his brother, who's a baseball it player, looked, he uh, said that he oh, could well, throw the well, football. And it looked like in the spring uh, game. I remember watching he, the spring game. He can game. spin he it. He threw the football a decent amount. Like, it, granted, it wasn't the biggest But why bars, did we not see Jordan Travis earlier in the season? It begs the question. Why was it a shoulder? No, I, I, I really did he tweak his shoulder? I mean, hey, ba- baseball players, we have kind of problems with our shoulders down the line. And, so. I, and I also think with Kendall Bryles kind of on, on the way out in this game, he, he was – Toying with the offense, mixing things up, letting the players it was very have gimmicky. Some fun. It felt like well, his whole offense. Is well, very we gimmicky. know that, but it was even more gimmicky than usual. <laughs> I'll let the yeah. door hit you on the way out. Uh, oh. sorry. Uh, sorry, Mister, oh, Mister, I wanted to keep him three weeks ago, but that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Let's talk about Tamari and sure, 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 sure. sure. Let's let's talk about Tamari and Terry. The first place. Tamari and Terry, he he has been the best player on Florida State. You could argue Cam Akers. Has has had a, a big impact, but Tamar and Terry has just been unbelievable. Nine receptions, 165 yards, one touchdown. Could have had more. Could have had more touchdowns. You go to the end of the game, you put in his hands, you put in the best player because you don't have a scholarship running mm-hmm. back. You put in the best player's hands, running Wildcat. He gets a good gainer, and the ball gets knocked out at the very end of the game. Arizona State wins it. And you got to think, hold your head high. You, you decide to come back to Florida State for the next year. You were the reason why Florida State was in this game. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table because he's going to use this as fuel, Gary. He's going to use this as fuel going into the next year. Oh, yeah. He doesn't – like, we saw the shot on the sideline of him at the end of the game. That was him, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. It was – Hands over his head. Yeah. Just he distraught. He's not going – him and along with – I bet you there were some other guys on the rest of the team that felt the same way. They're not going to want to feel that way again. And I know I've probably said this before that they, they will use that as motivation going down the line and – that's just what these kind of guys do as athletes. For for the amount of turnovers Florida State had, they were still in this game very easily, could have won the game by one score, 
with the extra point. I mean, we don't know if Ricky Aguayo was going to make that or, or, or whatnot. But Florida State was in this game against a, a fairly good Arizona State team, which you know they're, they're talking about next year trying to compete for a Pac-12 title. They know what they need to do to win games. It's just eliminate the penalties, which they've been the second most penalized team in the country behind Cincinnati. Eliminate the penalties and eliminate the turnovers. That's been the big deal. So, Alex, going into next season, do you think that James Blackman will be on this team, number one, and number two, who do you think Florida State should go with quarterback? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be on this team. I... It sucks to see because I really do think he had a lot of potential. We all know he has the physical traits. I just think he's broken because you saw at the end of the 2018 season that towards the end he was doing really well. Yeah. And oh. um, I think he can g- use a good change of scenery, play behind a different offensive line with a different offensive coordinator. Um, I'm not really sure. I, I wanted to see Jordan Travis finish out the season after that great Boston College game that he had just, just to see what you had. I'm not ready to say who if Blackman should leave, if who should be the quarterback next year. This is, I've, it's way too early at this point. I really need to see the spring game because Tate Rodmaker's already he's going to be here for the spring semester, so we're going to see him in the spring game quite possibly, and then we're going to see Jordan Travis if he's here, and then same thing with Blackman. So we could see all these guys in the spring game and get a feel for hey, do they like the system? Do they like what Norvell's putting out right now? I don't hate, and Brett, you can back me up on this, I don't hate starting with a new slate and just throwing it over to a freshman QB to see what they can do. You saw what Jaden Daniels did, which he did not have a great game, but you can look around the country and see the Sam success starting of, of true freshman mm-hmm. quarterback yes. Sam Howe. These guys, they aren't chumps coming off. No. And, 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 and to, his, to his credit, James Wackman has played with however many offensive coordinators in his, in his time at Florida State it would be detrimental to him yeah. to, to get another another guy. It might be better for him to see greener pastures. Norvell knows what he wants, and he's not afraid to say it. Jeff Sims was not his guy. Mm-hmm. He, he told Jeff Sims, I'm, this isn't going to work out, and he was being honest. I think that they're going to have a long sit-down and see if James Blackman can adapt, but right now James Blackman just needs to get to a pro-style offense that's able to throw the football. He doesn't need to use his legs because that's what Florida State was. That's not what they are now. Yeah, you just got to play the best quarterback come the start of the mm-hmm. season. It used to be taboo to start an 18-year-old true freshman, and now we've seen so many quarterbacks Trevor Lawrence, have huge know. success as true freshmen. So uh, it could be Rodemaker, it could be Purdy, it could be someone else. It could be James Blackman. I yeah. guess we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, we don't know if it will be James Blackman. Uh, some cleaning up to do. Uh, we, we do want to mention that Florida State women's basketball, they, they did suffer their first loss of the season at Syracuse. It was a, a tip-in in the final. Kaya Gillespie hit the go-ahead shot with .8 she's seconds amazing. left or .9 seconds. She's just had an incredible senior year after transferring in. But you're just looking, as as a kid who's played basketball, you know, my, my dad was the coach and everything. Where's the one place they can hurt you is by the basket. I'll take a fadeaway three with .8 seconds any day, and they put everyone on the free throw line, get beat on on a pick play, alley-oop. It, it, it reminded me of Dwight Howard's play um, yeah. up against the Spurs, and and that is a tough way to lose your first game of the season, Gary. It's a tough way, but you'd rather have this first loss come early on in the season rather than in the tournament when it actually yeah. when it comes down to A little bit of a wake-up call. Go. It's fine because UConn does this does that every year where they win every game up until the tournament and then they lose in the semifinal. I don't think that it. I don't think no. that we were we were no, gonna win you, every game. No, here. I know that, but <laughs> I'm saying you'd rather have this come a lot earlier than later because this it doesn't mean as much now. I guess it, granted it is an ACC game, but still it doesn't mean as much now as it does later down the line. Yeah, and they got the bounce back win against Miami. We'll yeah. we'll see where where it goes down the road, but Coach Simrao, she knows what she's doing. And uh, this is just going to be a month of the road. We'll we'll see what happens. But we're we're winding down here, Gary. This is the uh, a final minute here. So I guess got any last words? Oh, this is la- your oh final I got words, so man. many. I got so many last words. Uh, if if we're looking back at one of my favorite memories at Florida State, I would have to say just going and traveling. My my final, my first senior year, my second senior year. <laughs> <laughs> Going and traveling, going to Notre Dame and, and being yeah. in that environment and, and visiting my friends up there and, and going to Clemson and, and visiting a kid who I had never met in my life before and, and being able to stay with him, going all the way up to Boston College and being in a cold environment. And then you can mention going all the way to L.A. and, and watching Florida State and, and Gonzaga. 
they were all great trips. What one of my favorites though was going to LSU, and and this is one of those that sparked with a lot of other people trying to jump on and going over to LSU and, and watching Mike Martin in his final year and go on that historic run and and win those those twenty uh, or win those two games in in great fashion. We have the baseball that basically sent him to a World Series. That's something that I'll never forget, and I. I know that Florida State plays will, will end up playing LSU in the future over in New Orleans, and I, I really want to go there because the the people at LSU have been good to me uh, when I was over there. It, it was all fun, and I, if I have to root for someone going into next week, I, I will say I, I will be rooting go for Tigers. LSU. Go yeah, Tigers. Yeah, so it, it has been an awesome run. I I really, five years ago, if you had told me I would have been in the seat, I would have said, you know, you're right, I will be in this seat. Um, but <laughs> But – I, I don't think that the path I uh, I don't think I would have chose this path. The the path was a little bit a little bit difficult, but I wouldn't change anything. It was an awesome time here at Florida State. Great time sitting with you guys. I know that we'll have a great host coming up to my right. We we can finally announce Brett Rutherford will be taking over next week on Monday Ooh. as your new host of Tom Ock Talk. Gary will still be sitting over in this seat to my left, but I'm leaving him to some great guys. You know, it's the first day of the semester here at Florida State, but it is the last day for me here at the radio station on Tomahawk Talk. So for that, I, I will end for Alex Krutchik, for Brett Rutherford, for Austin Reynolds, for Sebastian Angel Rihanna, our producer over in the booth, Luke Hazen, Gianna Arantes over at Twitter, doing our Twitter, and of course, Gary Putnick. I am Luke Fay for the final time signing off. This is Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee. The voice of Florida State. New release is up next.